Friends, I find Jesus' teaching on forgiveness to be one of the most challenging and, I dare say, haunting aspects of His teaching. The idea that we pray in the Our Father every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray to God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And right after that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus goes further and He says, if you refuse to forgive the trespasses of others, so will God refuse to forgive your trespasses. And then in the Gospel today, Jesus calls out our double standard and and our hypocrisy on forgiveness that we expect God to just forgive and overlook our faults, and yet we are totally incapable of doing that with those who have hurt and rejected and betrayed us. And he says again, rather hauntingly at the end of the Gospel today, that our Heavenly Father will not forgive us unless we forgive those who have hurt us from our heart. So there may not be anything more um, descriptive or identifiable as the high call and demands of the Christian ethic than Jesus' call to love our enemies and to pray and to forgive those who have hurt and who have persecuted us. And I think that call is hard enough But what can make it even harder is if we don't totally understand what forgiveness is. When we throw a standard or a bunch of expectations on forgiveness, that's not actually the nature of forgiveness. So I wanted to use my homily this weekend to kind of give a working definition of forgiveness and then to point out four things that it's not. Four things that I actually think many people commonly identify as part of the moral requirement of forgiveness. I'm very indebted here to uh, two therapists who wrote a textbook on the moral psychology of forgiveness called Helping Clients Forgive, and they came and spoke at our seminary when I was in the seminary. It's an incredible book, uh, and they've done just pioneering work on sort of what I call the moral psychology of forgiveness. And in the book, they actually identify 20 things that forgiveness is not, uh, but that would make a long homily. Uh, So we're going to whittle that down a little bit to the most common that I've heard as I've worked with people. First of all, working definition of forgiveness. I'm going to paraphrase their technical definition. Forgiveness is making a choice, choosing to let go of the bitterness, resentment, hatred, and anger that we feel about someone that has hurt us. Often we have a right to have it, but it's choosing to let go of that right to transcend and overcome and rise above that for the sake of our own inner peace and ultimately to want the good for the other person. Forgiveness is a choice. It's choosing to let go of the anger, bitterness, resentment, and hatred that we often have a right to for someone that has hurt us, but choosing to let go and to give up that right precisely for our own inner peace and ultimately the end of forgiveness is that we can want the other person to thrive. Notice four things that that definition does not entail. Forgiveness is not forgetting. One of the phrases I wish we could just permanently eliminate from the English idiomatic dictionary is forgive and forget. I think it's terribly destructive. 
It's never required by Jesus. Notice in all of his teachings on forgiveness, Jesus never says we forget. We have to forget. And in fact, I would argue, how could you say forget with a serious injustice? Maybe a small slight, small infraction against you. Maybe you'll forget. Fine. But a huge injustice? Someone's taken your child. 9-11 week. All the family members that lost people. In fact, the rallying cry in the country is never forget. You're, we're going to go to the grave remembering serious injustices. And I think God has no expectation that we would forget. However, that does not change the moral demand to forgive. And that's a totally different thing. That's to say, I do remember what this person did to hurt me, but I'm going to choose to let go of the anger and hatred and resentment I feel toward that person for doing that. I'm not going to forget it. Likely, if it's a serious injustice, I'll never forget it. But I can rise above it with the virtue of forgiveness. So if you're holding on to this standard of forgive and forget, I would say get rid of it. If you forget, it's probably a small infraction. Fine. But that is certainly not the expectation that Jesus has for some serious hurt that we may have experienced. Second, forgiveness does not mean condoning or excusing what was done to us. Many people feel burdened by the thought that if they forgive the person that hurt them, they're in some way justifying it, or they're some way, in some way saying it's okay. No, 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 this definition of forgiveness says, no, I take full stock in that this hurt me, this betrayed me, this rejected me. I take full stock in that. I acknowledge the pain that it caused me, and yet I choose to rise above that and to transcend that and to start to begin the process of softening my heart to that person. So forgiveness is not in any way condoning uh, or excusing. That's what God does with us too, right? When God forgives us, he's not saying what you did is okay. He's saying I choose to forgive you. Third, forgiveness is not reconciliation. This is a big one. Reconciliation is a two-way street. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Forgiveness is what I do in my heart to soften my heart toward you for hurting me. It's my job. That's my work. Reconciliation is the restoration of the relationship, and that's a two-way street. And so there may be a bunch of legitimate reasons why that never happens. I mean, think about it. If Jesus gave us this unconditional moral command to forgive, and then made that dependent on the other person reciprocating. That would give all the authority and power to the person that hurt you. Right? Because if the person that hurt you doesn't recognize that what they did was wrong, if they don't recognize what they did caused you pain, then there's no way for reconciliation there. But there is a path for your forgiveness in your heart. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Reconciliation is a two-way street, and that may or may not happen. If a friend betrays me, I might forgive them, but whether or not I trust them to the extent that, we, that our relationship returns to the state that it was in prior to the betrayal, it's actually probably unlikely. Reconciliation is not a part of the demand 
for forgiveness. Notice in God they're the same thing, right? Because God's always ready to reciprocate. God's always ready. If we take a step toward him, he's always ready to forgive. So for God, forgiveness and reconciliation are the exact same thing. But for us, they're not. Because it depends on a fallen human being to make a step in our direction and for us to be able to trust in the same way that we trusted before, which just may or may not happen. So forgiveness is not reconciliation. Finally, forgiveness is a process and not a one-time event. Forgiveness is a process, especially, maybe, again, with a slight infraction, somebody gossiped about, you know, something small, maybe it's a one-time act of, of forgiveness. But for something that's really hurt, right, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey, right? And when Jesus says 70 times 7, and people disagree on the Greek here, like it's either 77 times or 70 times 7, so 490 times. Whether it's 77 times or 490 times, he's saying the same thing, which is basically unlimited amount of forgiveness. And that may apply to the same person. I may have to consciously soften my heart to the same person that's hurt me 490 times. Every time I have an evil thought about them or hatred because they've hurt me, I have to let go of that. And I have to pray for the softening of my heart 490 times or probably more if it's a significant injustice to begin the process of softening our heart. We know we're at the mature stage of forgiveness when we no longer want the other person that's hurt us to to hurt. We know we've reached sort of maturity of forgiveness when we don't want the other person to fail that has brought us down. Like we know we've reached the maturity of forgiveness when we want that person to have an incredible life and to thrive and to flourish and not to see them hurt in any way. Right? Because that's one of the things of resentment and anger and bitterness is we want them to feel our pain. We want them to hurt like us. We want them to fall like us. When we're no longer at that point, we have softened our hearts sufficiently. Or we're at least on that process of the path of forgiveness. So friends, forgiveness is really hard work. It's really hard work. We don't need to throw extra burdens on it. So if you're hanging on to resentment and bitterness and hatred because you think you have to forget, or you think it means condoning or excusing, or you think the relationship has to be restored to its previous state, or you think it has to be a one-time aha moment in which you no longer resent that person, get rid of those standards. Forgiveness is a process by which we choose consistently, by the grace of God, I would say, to let go of the emotional responses that we might have a right to, but we choose to let those go for the sake of our own inner peace and willing the good of the other. Somebody asked me after the last Mass, Father, you should give a homily on how to forgive yourself. right? And I think those four things apply too. I don't know, I have to think about it. But I think those same things apply if we're having trouble forgiving ourselves for something we've done in the past or some extreme sense of guilt we feel over something. I think those four things would apply. I don't know, you, you might ponder that this week and give me some feedback for another homily. But I think the same things apply to how gentle and patient we should be uh, with forgiving ourselves. Um, I don't know what the judgments with the Lord's going to be like 
But given the centrality of this message in the Gospels, I wouldn't be surprised if one question God asks us will be, have you forgiven everyone that's hurt you and betrayed you and rejected you on earth? Let's begin the process today, wherever we're at with that issue. Let's begin the process today of softening our heart to the people that have hurt us so that we can say with Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do.